0: This will almost sound like a rerun, especially if you're listening to these in batches and you just listened to last week. And the reason is John is just writing this one thought because he knows his time is short and he needs to get this in our heads. And the fact is, it's something that has missed our heads and missed our hearts. And so no matter how repetitive it sounds, it's something we need to hear. So First John chapter 5 verse 1 everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone who loves the father loves his child as well again there's no hint of the elitism or the my little groupism that people have have long tried to make christianity into they you know my group with my brand name on the sign uh, that we do these teachings there's none of that. It's whoever believes that Jesus is the Son of God is born of God. Verse 2, this is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. Aha! Now we've got it. all the commands. You know, let's back the truck up and unload those commands. Well, no, John's not done. So let's let him explain himself here. His commands This is love for for God, to obey his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. Stop right there. Friends, a lot of church commands are burdensome. In fact, the Old Testament law was a ton of burden. Over 600 laws in the Old Testament. That's a lot. So what's John talking about? Oh, here's an idea. Let's just see. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Again, the commands are all about who we believe in. Not so much what we believe, but who we believe. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and the three are in agreement. We'll stop right there because late manuscripts, that means not the earliest ones, but later ones, read different there. The three that testify there they say are the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. However, it looks like that was added pretty late it's the next bit as well that says, um, let's see the, the three and the three are in agreement. Uh, sometimes it's, you'll have it uh, translated and there are three that agree on earth. Um, it's, it's just awkward and it didn't show up till later. So the more accurate earliest version of these verse, this verse, so we can find it in the manuscripts reads, there are three that testify the spirit, the water and the blood, and the three are in agreement. That's really where you need to stick. You need to stay with that. It's possible that some people changed some wording and added bits in there to make it easier to teach the doctrine of the Trinity. It's just possible. I have no way of digging through, but I've read enough from others that they're pretty convinced of that. I believe in a Trinity. I'm very much a standard issue Trinitarian especially from the Orthodox view, uh, less so from the Roman view, but let's not, even, we don't even need to go there right now. Okay. Still, uh, I understand why some people would say, well, there's just not enough evidence for me to believe the standard view. I get it. It would be easier if we had verses that just kind of leapt out there and wrestled this to the ground and I have the feeling that somebody you know, succumbed to that temptation but if you're reading NIV, if you're reading any of the major translations, they will have the alternate reading sometimes down in the notes, but they'll make it very plain. This is as close to the original as we can do. All right. So you don't need to make the Bible more than it is. I mean, that was Eve's issue, wasn't it? The devil said, uh, you are allowed to eat from anything? And she goes, well, we're allowed to eat from anything except that tree and we can't even touch it. Well, where'd that come from? That last bit about the not touching. well she went too far. And sometimes people do. Uh, So don't go there. We accept man's testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it's the testimony of God. (laughs) He should have written, duh, after that, but he didn't. He did not. Not even in the late manuscripts, which he has given about his son. Anyone who believes in the son of God has his testimony in his heart. Anyone who does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because he's not believed the testimony God has given about his son. I know there's there's a thought. Who would call God a liar? Well, you know, here's the thing. I don't think any of us would intentionally, but we do de facto. You know, God loves the world. Well, you know, the world's in a horrible state and I'm just this and... You know, God's forgiven us of our sins. Well, you know, I kind of hope I get to go to heaven. You know, I just, we doubt. And that, in effect, calls God a liar. It's best just to give up and say, OK, I'm saved, so now I'll go love people. Instead of doing all the little hedging, it's not humility. It's not humility to disagree with God. Let's honor him. By believing what he says this is the testimony god has given us eternal life has given past tense you've already got it and this life is in his son he who has the son has life he who does not have the son of god does not have life Uh, we've done series monday morning messages i think there are four of them on hell Uh, i've done other things on it you know that i'm very very close to being a universalist However, I, I absolutely acknowledge that nobody has eternal life without the Son. And so the annihilationists, those who believe that those um, who are lost are annihilated, they, they cease to exist, use this first. And if I were one of them, I would use it too. You know, I look at this and I think, all right, I can, I can find ways to adjust this and make it work with what I believe. Um, let's just be on team Jesus and not have to worry about this, right? And that's, you know, probably good advice all around. He's going to conclude the book now, which means we're going to leap into one of his other wee books. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. You know, know, know you have eternal life. Oh, my goodness. Our false humility causes us to deny the plain statements of God. Don't believe me? Well, those of you that have formed house churches around our Sunday or the Monday or the Wednesday, we've, we've found house churches from all of them. And by the way, if you have a house church, and that just means two families, it could be two individuals with two last names coming together. We just, In other words, it's not just you. And it's not just you and your kids or you and your husband or what, but maybe a neighbor or friend or friend. Like, please let us know. We really want to know that. We won't tell anybody unless you want us to, but we'd love to know. Send that to me, patrick at rsafeharbor.com. Moving on. We have eternal life. We have confidence. But if you've got a group, try this sometime. Maybe you've got 15 or 20. Look around, make sure they haven't watched this. And then say, who here is 100% certain, no doubt, that if you died right now, you'd go to heaven? And watch how few people raise their hands. Why? Well, it's complicated. Uh, for some, it's humility. You know, I'm saved, reeks to some as being a bit arrogant or presumptuous, but it's not. It is not. It's just believing what God said. Other people are afraid that their sins are still with them or that they might trip up someday and so they're just not 100%. As if. Christ dying on the cross, it was good and all, but it wasn't strong enough to forgive whatever they did? What? Raise your hand. Say, I'm good. In fact, there was a time, <laughs> man, this is back in the old days. Uh, this this going to be back in the late 70s. Uh, I was at a mall. Remember them? They were fun. And uh, this big, church and it was a big denomination in a town uh, pulled up with the bus and all these teenagers came off. And uh, I was a teenager at time too. I think maybe around 20, uh, but probably 18, 19, 20 in there. And some of these teenage girls were pretty cute and they, they were using that too. And they were going through the mall, handing out little tracks, you know, little brochures about their church and salvation. And they're, they're lying to get you to freeze and listen to them. Wasn't something like, would you like a paper? Cause most people, eh. say, they would go up and say, if, do you know if you died tonight, if you would go to heaven? And most people would freeze by that, or they'd hurry on <laughs> fast, pick up speed. Uh, you know, I can see God in the rear, rear mirror run, uh, but most people would freeze at that. And then they would do something like, I'm, oh, um, you know, I hope so, you know, I'm really trying. And then they would say, would you like to know how to be certain? and that was a way to get the paper in your hand. So I'd watched that a bit, but I already graduated from one university. I was about to graduate from another one, so I already knew how this worked uh, in psych, you know, that type of thing. So this really cute little girl comes around over to me. I see the little girl, probably 16 years old, 17 years old, um, and just, just very nice, and she did the line. She said, would you, do you know for certain that if you were to die tonight, you would go to heaven? And I said, absolutely. How about you? And she froze. And she started going, well, yeah, I, um, you know, I guess I I think so. Would you like to be able to know for sure? Uh, it's just amazing. We teach one thing, but then we respond in another way. Just believe him when he tells you, you got this. Stop the fear thing. Let's go live. We know this is a confidence. It says, verse 14, confidence that we've got in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. That's a pretty important little independent clause there. Not that you ask anything, like the old country song back, what, like 1970 or something? Oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes-Benz? No. No. It's if you ask anything according to His will. God, the neighbor's mowing again at 6.30 in the morning. Would you please kill him? No. No. Would you make my wife be different? No. <laughs> You've got to pray it according to his will. In other words, God, what, help me to do your will today. If it's your will, let's try this. It's, you got to be on Team Jesus now. you got to go his direction. All right, there's certain rules there. You don't kick the ball to the other team. You know, come on, let's stick with the group. And it goes, we know that He hears us, whatever we ask. We know that we have what we asked of Him. And I hear this sometimes used as if it's a gotcha on God. God, I claim this in the name of Jesus who has promised us. Let's not play that game, shall we? He's already given us what we asked. He's given us more than we asked. We wanted to be happy. We've been given overwhelming joy. We wanted to not be sick. We're going to live forever want we you, you see what I mean? He he overgave, and it's kind of like somebody saying, well, you know, I, I, I have a job. It's like three miles away and I'm walking there every day. If I could just have a bicycle, that would really help. And then somebody brings you a car, brand new car. And you're going, oh yeah, that's, that's nice and stuff, but can't help but notice you didn't bring the bicycle. <laughs> that's what we're like. Oh, Lord, give me this earthly thing which would give me pleasure or help or whatever. And instead, he gives us eternal life. He gives us joy. He gives us community. He gives, and we're going, well, this is that's, that's really nice, but I don't see a bicycle. <laughs> can, can we get past this somehow, please? And I'm talking to me, too. I, I, I catch myself doing it. If anyone sees his brother commit a sin that does not lead to death, he should pray and God will give him life. That's interesting. He goes, I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I'm not saying that he should pray about that. Um, all right, here's where commentators just go nuts and what a, it, you can spin like a wheel of fortune, but the wheel of commentary to see exactly what this means. I think if we strip it down and make it as simple as possible, one startling thing and one just realization. Startling thing, if you see a brother sin, it doesn't say, run, mark him on Twitter, call out the mobs, put up a thing on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, do it all, come on. No, just pray for him and he'll be fine. Wow, I'll let you read it yourself. It's right in the Bible and all. But then the other realization a sin leads to death. I'm not saying that you should pray about that. We have no authority for saying, let's say that I have a friend who overdoses and dies. I've had several friends overdose and die. It's hard to be my age and not have several friends that have overdosed and died. What do we we say then? I think we can say things like, you know, God would trust you with that soul. God let them know that, you know, now they're loved and they're safe but we don't pray. All right, God, here's what I want you to do about them. You know, they're dead. We're going to need to, we're still alive. Let's keep living instead of, you know, I've had people say, I just, I just don't even know if I want to go to heaven because you know, my parents were atheists and I said, and I, I'll go, all right, even if you're not a universalist, if your parents could talk to you now, they'd say, heaven, choose heaven. You know, It's still, is that a great explanation for these verses? No, but I've not found one yet that went, okay, that's it. That sorted it. But I do recommend that if you're interested that you look up online, you're going to find all kinds of stupid things because it's online, but you also find some things that might tweak something and you go, okay, now I get it. All right. I'm not the only person that has an an opinion about this passage. Verse 17, all wrongdoing is sin and there is a sin that does not lead to death. Sin, I think most of us know the old story now that um, the words, and it's true, that the word sin meant to miss, such as an archer missing a target or um, you know, you tried for this and ended up over here. You tried to jump, you fell short. So he's are saying all wrongdoing is missing the mark, but it doesn't all lead to death. So many times I've had people, I've asked them, can you die? with unrepented of sin and still be saved? And they'll say, no. And that's terrifying, frankly, because I don't know of anybody who's died without some unforgiven sin. If, if, when we're asking, sorry, when we're defining it as, dear Lord, forgive me for doing this. I think our sins are forgiven because Jesus, as John has told us, continually cleanses us. It's not just done when we ask. Of course we should ask, but it's not just done then. It's a continual cleansing. But the fact is, I don't even know some of my sins. There's some things I might have thought were clever or smart or right or wise that were actually sins. God knows those. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm living in actual rebellion against God, well, there could be an issue there, I'll grant you. But that's not where you are, is it? Or would you be listening to this? Okay. I think you're probably a lot better than you think you are. He says, We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who is born of God keeps him safe, an evil one cannot harm him. All right. People misuse this verse too. There is a, a holiness denomination that says that once you are saved, you can no longer sin. And they use this one verse you just can't just use the one verse though there are other verses and in fact john says if you say you are without sin you're a liar so you know you got to put it all together what it's saying is the people who are in god change they change it's not magic it's not overnight but it changes they don't just say right save now oh boy let's just go do some sinning no No. those born of God, you can tell because it changes them. We know that we're children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We also know that the Son of God has come and given us understanding so that we may know who is true. And we are in him who is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. And then just, you know, Buy is what you'd expect. But there's something tacked on the end of this, which I find fascinating because it seems wildly out of place. It's the last verse. Dear children, keep yourself from idols. What? Who, who's, who's talking about idols? I, were, you, were you talking? I wasn't talking about idols. We were, we were doing that. Sinning, not sinning, believing Jesus. Where'd the idol thing come in? It's easy. It's not out of place. One tacked on later by somebody who hadn't read the rest of the book. When we put up any other version of religion, of Christianity, than the one John is espousing here. Love God, love each other. Let your love show. Let the family resemblance be seen when we replace that with buildings, programs, super expensive, this, that, and the other, and then we're going to, then we're going to make these rules. And now let's do the hierarchy. Now we've got to send a kind cut of the money every Sunday to our denominational headquarters. And now we got, and they build that. And they raise it up and say, behold, your God, just like Aaron did with the, with the golden calf at the foot of Mount Sinai. He didn't say, all right, Moses seems to be dead. Let's start worshiping cows now. No, he built the cow as a representative image of the God who supplies. He said, this is Yahweh who brought us out of Egypt. So they're not worshiping the cow. They're worshiping Yahweh through an understandable form. Because if you had cattle, you had life. You had money, you had meat, you had milk. So it made sense. Others will say, well, of course I'm a Christian. I go to this church. I'm sorry, but that wasn't ever in the, the, the definition. It's about the change. It's about the change. Well, don't substitute anything else for what John's been saying. Now, we're gonna do 2 John, Third John, um, not in the next eight minutes, but we're gonna do, start in 2 John, and we're gonna start with a little bit of a, a mystery. First of all, it's very possible that John wrote both of these. I think there's a good case to be made for that. There are people who doubt that. Um, I, I'm just not convinced by their case, so I'm just gonna still say John did it. but. These literally are letters and they are out of context. So it's not like reading somebody else's mail, which is what most of the Bible is. It is getting two of their emails without getting any of the others. I'll explain. Second John, the elder. He's the old guy now. He's the only surviving apostle at this stage. To the chosen lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all who know the truth. All right, it's the middle of a sentence. We kind of back up a bit here. What lady? In some of the older versions, it said elect lady. My mother's first name is named after that. She was named Electa Catherine Key. Uh, Key's part of the Mackay clan, especially the Irish branch. Um, but she was named electa she hated that name so she's always been known through her life i'd say the first 40 years as kitty and the rest of it as catherine and since i've been taking care of her we we all call her miss catherine is this is this a an individual and her family that would not be completely out of order to say so you know think of john mark john mark's mother uh, seems to have been widowed by the time we really get to know John Mark. But very wealthy. They had houses in North Africa and they had houses all over Palestine. And so people met in their house. You know, it was, they had some, they had some shekels put aside or denarii or whatever they were using at the time. Um, so it wouldn't be out of, out of the, you know, it wouldn't be unusual to write her a letter and the churches that meet in her home. But most people, I think because when you say most people, that means that, you know, everything that's ever been written on this and I don't, but in the stuff that I've read, most commentators believe he is speaking to the church as a lady. Now that's not unusual either. Remember in, in Ephesians, Paul says it, the church is a bride of Christ, and that's not the only place where, this, where that is said. Um, for some reason, we do put feminine on things like ships. We, we, we say she sails. Um, there's, it's fascinating. We can talk more about linguistics, but let's not. I think here we're talking about the body of believers to the church and her children. But I am open to change in my mind if we find another manuscript somewhere that gives us a backstory. Fair enough? All right. The chosen lady and her children whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all who know the truth, because of the truth which lives in us and will be with us forever. And you already know that because you read First John, you know what the truth is, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Then this, this blessing, it's a great blessing to pen to the end of your emails if you like. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, will be with us in truth and love. It has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded. Well, I spotted a problem. Did you spot that? Kind of jumped out at me. Some of your children walking in the truth. He's happy for some of the children. Okay, maybe we should look at this. And now, dear lady, I'm not writing you a new command, but one we've had from the beginning. What, what's your guess about what this command would be? I think most of us at this time would be like Horshack at the old Welcome Back Cotter going, ooh, 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 because we've just read First John. We know it's going to be love one another. And look at that. I ask that we love one another. It is a command which is new not every every not only every morning it's true every afternoon every evening every engagement with somebody else saw somebody driving today that i'm not sure what was going on because they cut way over in front of people and uh, crossed several lanes and then slowed down and then cut back I, i got the feeling they didn't know where they were not sure where to turn Um, I think in many places there would have been angered leanings on the horns or road rage incident but this is Nashville and that's really rare here so not even a horn was sounded I felt sorry for the driver in front of me because that was not the first time that it happened and it happened to the driver in front of me and I was thinking it's national get in front of that guy day you know it's your opportunity to love or not love when that happens it's a command which is new every moment, not just new every morning. And this is love that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you've heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. So don't again fall back on that. Oh, his commands, let's back up the semi truck full old commands. No, the command is to love. Well, I am cutting this off a little fast but that's so that we can do the rest of these, this book and third John and be finished with our walk through. But most of you by this time have already heard about a switch of format that's coming. Those that haven't, just to let you know, whenever I did ask and gave several different options for what we do after we finish third John here, uh, people, and, oh, by the way, and if you're saying, what about revelation? We did the whole book of revelation and took a long time doing it. So just look that up on YouTube. You'll find all of them. Uh, And again, free, no paywall at all. Those people that contribute have um, allowed this to continue, but we do not require that from anyone. But we're changing up the format a little bit. Everybody that voted, voted Just Jesus Stories. That's what they wanted. So look for that in a couple of weeks. Look for a changed format. I think you're going to like it, and we really want to hear from you. It it does help a lot. Hope that you've sent us your address so that as I'm traveling the country, that uh, I can I can see you, and I don't just show up at your door. I usually post a hotel and say, here I am. Anybody in this region, you know, come on by, and then we send you individual emails. We don't group it so that you don't we don't we don't give other people your email, you know, unless you say we can. So then you could come see me, but I won't see you if I don't know where you're there and I can't let you know I'm coming. All right, that, that would be info at oursafeharbor.com. Go away, have a great week. Thank you for listening. Can't wait to hit back next week. Cheers.